superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, friends, to the Week 18 preview right here on Fantasy Pros. I am Chris Welsh. I am back. Oh, it was so good last week. They had to bring me back in for the final one. I got Pat Fitzmorris, D-Bro, the D-Bro, Derek Brown in the house, both my boys, and we are previewing the crazy week for you <laughs> insane people. These are like the partiers. You know the people that go out and hang out like, oh, 1 o'clock, I got to go home. Okay. These are the people that stay out until 7 a.m. and they keep going. If you're going to week 18, whew, God bless you. You're in for a doozy this week. So thank you guys for hanging out with us with the final matchup preview. And uh, hopefully if you've got some ships on the line, we are going to help you dock them. Debro, are you a fan, not a fan of the week 18? Because you said something I loved off air we were talking about. You called this like, <laughs> it was like a, a some version of like the low-key preseason. Talk to me about that. Yeah, man. I love, so I've always been a huge degen for preseason DFS, and that's the way that I look at week 18. It's all news slate. It's There's so many different ways that you can go, and if you're dialed in, which that's the way that I wrote the primer, it's DFS-focused. There's a lot of plays where people can look at them and be like, what? We're talking about... Michael P. Ryan in week 18? Yes, we are. There's a lot of guys that have not seen the field that will play prominent roles in week 18, man. I love this D-Gen stuff. And just to rewind this just a little bit, you're talking about the 7 a.m. Pat Fitzmorris, does, this does not need to go under the uh, the radar here. That man is a savage. <laughs> We're talking about all-night partiers. Uh, Pat, that's why Pat's here, because he's got the energy. Oh he's gonna. He's the guy that will close down the bar and then be up at 6 a.m. ready to go to the gym. Oh, I can, no, I can see that. I can see that. We're all like, hey, we're going to get Pat, and Pat's just still dancing, dancing at 5 a.m. where we're on the floor. <laughs> this is totally also a fantasy. Uh, this is a fantasy analogy, Pat. But um, I also feel this way about Week 18, and you tell me. This is all great, but no one's allowed to complain at all people complained all mm -hmm. year long about oh i got this wrong or this rank or blah 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 you don't get to complain in week 18 because you two fine gentlemen have set everybody up so great and week 18 it's all out the window pierre strong's lamichael p ryan sam darnold's are out here there's no complaining there's no crying in baseball and there's no complaining in week 18 pat there is no complaining indeed, Welsh, but uh, as far as my ability to forecast things in week 18, let's just say I'm a little less confident about picking, uh, you know, which players are going to do well and which players are going to do poorly in week 18 than I am in, say, week eight. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gee, it, you it's think? Just because a... there's like four, five quarterbacks that we all actually started the season with. <laughs> there's like those running oh, backs I listed off. Team, literally the Rams and 49ers game. It's worse than a preseason game. It's worse than like week two preseason. They're all Jeff not Driscoll starting. week, baby. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Driscoll who is, week. Who is going to have the Matt Flynn week <laughs> and uh, parlay a big week 18 Ooh. performance into a multi-million dollar contract in free agency? Uh, yeah, so it's Ooh. wildly unpredictable. And uh, by the way, just to answer the D-Bro thing, like that's the fantasy football expo weekend, D-Bro. That's like one weekend out of the year. <laughs> uh, most nights I am like in my bed by uh, 1030 at at night i'm pretty lame so. i envision pat hey, like hey, uh, it's okay i envision pat like leonardo dicaprio and wolf of wall street he's like we're not going anywhere i'm not in just all night long <laughs> fancy true. expo it's true. pat shuts it down That's, man and look like just because you save all your superpowers up for one week man one weekend doesn't mean that you don't have them okay yeah most most nights it's like watch the uh local weather forecast and i'm in bed one week into the year where it's like <laughs> the bartenders are flicking the lights on and off like come on one more one more oh i love of that envision uh, i hope to be there doing i hope to see that pat very very soon matchup previews all right we're gonna dig into it make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel 
that's going to help you out. Trust me, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Make sure you're subscribed to that. Subscribe to the podcast. That's all else that you need to do at this moment, at least. So let's get into some games and we are going to kick off with a couple Saturday games. We got two Saturday games on the slate here. We've got Steelers and Ravens. We've also got no Lamar. So our key question jumping into game number one here is with no Lamar this week, is it the Tyler Huntley show? Are we going to trust it? Does this matchup against Pittsburgh make him a start? Pittsburgh has not given up a rushing touchdown to quarterbacks all year. And if that is the case, this news did come down just yesterday as we're recording this. We have not seen the adjustment in the ranks happen because he's sitting around 26 as far as fantasy pros ranks go. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of replacement quarterbacks that are happening. But are we going to trust Tyler Huntley? Pat, let's start with you. Well, I've got him higher than QB 26, but I've only got him at like QB 22. And maybe that's too low, but I don't really trust him because for one thing, he's going to be throwing the guys like Tylen Wallace and uh, Laquan Treadwell and Devin DuVernay. The other thing is like Pittsburgh wants this win. They still have a chance to get into the playoffs. uh, So their defense is going to be playing for keeps and they can turn up the heat on quarterbacks like their ninth in pressure rate this year. So um, this is going to be a very difficult environment for Tyler Huntley to operate in. I I would imagine the play calling is going to be really vanilla against a hungry defense. And um, like he runs, he'll probably get some rushing value and, and that'll help maybe get him into double digits in fantasy points, but I do not expect any sort of fantasy bonanza from Tyler Huntley. Debro, I mean, the same thing, obviously, with Huntley. Mm-hmm. Is he somebody that maybe you can kind of fling to? Maybe in a super flex, I think this is making more sense. But I'd also mm-hmm. open up the question that are you worried about all of these whatever guys that are going to show up? Like, is there going to be value outside of Huntley? There's a lot of this is one of those teams. There's a lot of weird players that are going to be out there. But Huntley a play? And does he make anybody else a play? Because all the guys we want are sitting yeah i mean i I have tower huntley ranked right now as qb 17 so he's in that same like mid qb2 bucket i think the rushing equity definitely puts him there um and gives him a ceiling for higher like pat talked about the the steelers ability to pressure that's also going to flush huntley out of the pocket so if we see him under pressure a decent amount maybe he runs a little bit more and we've seen some pliability from this steelers secondary man like since week 12 they're allowing the fifth highest yards per attempt seventh most passing touchdowns and sixth highest pass rating so pittsburgh while they can pressure have not been a strong pass defense outside of joey porter jr so i like tyler huntley where he's ranked I think a QB2 with maybe a little bit of upside is appropriate the one guy I'll bring up here um, because we talked about all the backups playing I think he's far enough down the depth chart that Nelson Aguilar could just operate as the wide receiver Mm -hmm. one this week Mm -hmm. Um, with Odell Beckham Bateman Zay Flowers are all above him in the pecking order I think Aguilar who's been kind of a mix and match wide receiver four for the team. Like he's had his moments, but he's not been a full-time snap player. I like Aguilar a decent amount. Like I'm probably going to bump him once I kind of sift out ranks with all the news. He's probably going to be like a wide receiver three this week. Uh, Cause the matchup is actually good for him considering he does run most of his routes from the slot, 74% of his routes. And since week 12, the Steelers allowed the third most PPR points per target to opposing slot wide receivers. So Tyler Huntley, maybe a play with rushing yards in play, rushing touchdowns, maybe not so much desperation. You could find worse spots and you might he might want to show out um, just as a quick aside here, Pat, are there any Steelers that jump out to you this week, this final, you know, matchup uh, for uh, Steelers action? There's a lot of just kind of craziness that's going on at the quarterback position. Tomlin this year, week 18, we have these storylines we can build in to be excited about. I'm going to talk about something like incentives or, you know, there might be categorical things, but with the Steelers, it might just be playing out strong. Is there any Steeler that jumps out to you? Oh, man, I guess we just got to keep riding the wave with George Pickens, right? Like, um, it, what a bizarre season he's had, like over 100 yards three times in the first six weeks of the season. Then like an eight-week stretch where he was averaging about 35 yards a game and had maybe one touchdown. And uh, now he has just gone nuclear with Mason Rudolph uh, being the unlikely guy to unlock him. So... I'm just riding it with with George Pickens, like in DFS. I mean, give me some Pickens because uh, he has been 
just white hot lately. I mean, like just flames like NBA jam hot where he is emitting <laughs> flame. So, um, yeah, like why not Pickens again this week? He's on fire. I agree. Let's do it. College football fans and football fans, the national championship is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down on the epic showdown for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the national championship, which is coming up. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS because new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on any football game, be it NFL or the National Championship, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 100 68 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. All right, let's go to game number two. We are sticking into Saturday. We've got the Texans versus the Colts. So I spoke about those fun little things that happened in week 18. Great articles that push out, hey, this guy's almost got this career number, or we're going to talk about one with the Rams. Everyone has talked about Puka Nakua could break the records. Well, there's also incentives. So are you buying into the incentives? Because this game has got two big ones. Dalton Schultz is six receptions shy of 60, which would get him to $250,000. That's his bonus. Devin Singletary is 74 yards short of two of a $250,000 bonus. So do they both get their bonus? As, and does this push up their overall value? Derek Brown. I think they do, but I don't think it's related to, okay, the team saying, hey, let's get these guys the bonus. I think it's just because both of these teams need to win to get into the playoffs. And so I think Houston is going all out and Devin Singletary is going to be a big part of that. Plus the matchup is great. I mean, since week, uh, what is it, week 12, India's allowed the 11th most rushing yards, eighth highest missed tackles per attempt. So yeah, I think Singletary gets to that number. And the same thing with Dalton Schultz, because one, Noah Brown is probably not going to play this game. Two, Robert Woods is not fully healthy. Maybe he doesn't play this game because he's had DMPs and he's dealing with a hip issue. And the matchup is fantastic for Schultz as well. Like the Colts, you know you can get tight end production against them, zone heavy defense. He's going to eat underneath. So I will say yes to both of these incentives happening, but I will push back against there is a lot of puff, a lot of fodder, a lot of things out there, and people make some bad decisions based off of chasing incentives in the betting markets and DFS and what have you. I think that these happen, but because it's the team's motivated to freaking win, to go to the playoffs and to use their best players, not just to like say, hey, we're going to help you cash a check. Pat, are you ready to make some bad decisions with me? Let's go. Let's make some bad decisions. <laughs> Always. Oh, wait, I was talking Always. about the fantasy fest. I'm sorry. No, uh, the incentive. So, A, do they matter here? B, do they hit and really see it just kind of equates to does this make you like these guys, whether you think they're going to go off because of incentives or not this week? Yeah, I don't want to be a Pollyanna about incentives generally. I think maybe they do matter with some of the Week 18 stuff. And, and uh, you know, you can maybe leverage that with player props and DFS. But um, I, I'm maybe going to be a little bit naive and, and say that it doesn't matter as much, if at all, in this game just because of what's on the line. I mean, the stakes are so high. These these teams are trying to win first and foremost. But Debro makes the good point that, you know, with no Noah Brown and maybe no Robert Woods that uh, Schultz is probably going to be play a big role anyway. Singletary, who knows? I mean, maybe it's a, a pass heavy game plan with CJ Stroud, but um, yeah, like he is the lead back now. So he's got a reasonable chance too. Um, so yeah, like I think these guys could hit the bonuses, uh, but you know, I'm with D bro that if it happens, it's probably going to happen organically and not because they're getting force fed uh, in a game with this much on the line. 
Boo. You two, you're bummers. You guys are I bummers. Just, I just think we need context about it. That's all. Well, I, like, I don't want to sound like I'm bringing the web blanket here, but like I've heard stuff this week, people talking about like, oh, Jordan Love's going to be motivated to win the game, blah, blah, blah. And like, like, no, he's motivated to win the game, not because, okay, fine, he makes more money, but to establish himself as the Packers future quarterback to get to the playoffs. Like, okay, do the other things happen? Sure. I just, I just want to give context. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about it later. So you can't do anything about it. We're going to get back to incentive (laughs) gate two and 3.0. But let's, while we're on the money side, let's go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook and let's take a look at a prop this week with Devin Singletary. They are terrified. Everybody is terrified to post that Dalton Schultz reception prop, but they're not with Devin Singletary. So how about this? Devin Singletary total yards. Remember, we need, was it 74? His total yard prop is 80 and a half D bro. Over under. Over. Easy over. Smash. All right. Uh, Pat, you want to hit this one? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I think it's a good number. Uh, I was looking at this, and over his last eight games, he has been over it four times, under it four times. The reason I lean a little bit toward the under is that some of those games were played without C.J. Stroud, and now that Stroud is back, maybe the Texans are a little pass-heavier than they were for some of those games. Uh, So very slightly in towards the under, but I don't know if there's much value on this one. All right, so Pat says uh, no extra money for Devin Singletary. That's what he says. It's the only thing that's important <laughs> here is there's no extra money, no money for you. Sorry, Devin. Yeah. All right, let's go to the Sunday slate. We're getting out of Saturday. Now we got into our first game on Sunday, Browns and Bengals. We've got some guys out in this game, but I'm really curious if, and this is another kind of narrative-driven thing, is a last hurrah something that's really going to come into play for teams and players. And I'm throwing this to Joe Mixon because in theory, this could be Joe Mixon's last hurrah. There's a lot of Chase Brown talk going on. And if that is, will he be going off? Pat, let's start with you. Do you believe in the last hurrahs that they just let him go? And is he going to go? Oh, I mean, is this necessarily the last hurrah? Like I'm, I'm guessing yeah, that Mixon probably is playing somewhere else next year. You know, like I know they've... <sighs> not been entirely pleased with some of the personal issues Joe Mixon has had. But like if they did want to keep him uh, just saying they've got like they're projected to have about 70 million in cap space. I think that's the sixth most, according to Spotrack. So if they wanted to, they could probably keep him around. Although I do think they'll probably clear the way for Chase Brown and, um, you know, maybe sign someone who can share work. With Chase Brown. I don't know. I'm guessing we kind of see more of the same this week. Uh, mostly mixing in a lead role, but with Chase Brown in a supporting cast. D-Bro, Joe Mixon going off? I'll say no. Huh? Um, I think the Bengals, they're in a they're in a, a weird spot. Like, their team is totally banged up. Like, Mixon's maybe the only one of the few healthy players they have. Like, I don't even know if T. Higgins plays. I don't know if Chase plays. Um there's not a lot of motivation here. So I think this, honestly, if if the Bengals are going to take a team first approach, I think Joe Mixon's definitely out the door after this year. And if that's the case, I do think that some of the things we're hearing about Chase Brown, I'm not saying that he's going to out carry Joe Mixon, but I don't see the team like necessarily feeding Joe Mixon to a monster day. Now, the guy I, I do want to bring up here, Welsh, and I think he does have a monster day, and I'm going to have him ranked aggressively for this game as Pierre Strongman. I think that he is the guy that goes off in this game because the Browns have talked about they're resting their starters. We don't know what the Bengals are going to do. We know what Cleveland is doing. They're resting all their dudes. Joe, Joe Flacco is already working on his, his nap for week 18, and they only have three running backs on their roster. It's Jerome Ford, Kareem Hunt, and Pierre Strong. I think Pierre Strong gets the workhorse workload this week which is going to put him in the the realm of top 15 running back maybe rb1 because the matchup is fantastic pierre strong is crazy talented like amongst all running backs with at least 50 carries this year 11th in yards of the contact per attempt and we know that you can run all over the Bengals. so talking about guys cementing their futures this could be a statement game for Pierre Strong. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with Nick Chubb next year. Jerome Ford has really played well for most of this season. Kareem Hunt's not back. Pierre Strong could cement himself or at least get the foothold for 2024 with a really awesome game in Week 18. So the question is, Joe Mixon or Pierre Strong in Week 18? Strong. 
Easy strong. Pat, Joe Mixon or Pierre Strong? <sighs> I think I've got Mixon ranked higher, but Debro makes a really good point here. I would not want to bet against Pierre Strong in that head-to-head. Joe Mixon is ranked 18 on Fantasy Pros Consensus ranks currently. Pierre Strong, 47. So people have not RB12 in my ranks. Pierre Strong. All right. So I think uh, I've I've got him in the twenties. I'm not quite as aggressive as D Bro. I I like him too, but um yeah, forty six is way too long. That might be one of those uh plays to go and look up. Yeah, game number four here, Vikings and Lions. The Lions defense is giving up the six most point fantasy points to quarterbacks on the year, and Nick Mullins is back in. So well, at least we, you know, have weeks where we thought Nick Mullins was in and then it was Jaron Hall. Are we in on Nick Mullins because the consensus ranks last I looked, I'm going to see if it updated. He was coming in at seven. Yeah. He's still 17 on the overall consensus ranks, which is pretty high. And that's going to mean there are some pretty high men's on there. So Pat, let's start with you. Nick Mullins. Are you in for this final week in this bevy of bad quarterbacks that we're playing with? Is Nick Mullins someone you might throw out there? Oh man, there is uh I don't think it, does proper justice to say that Nick Mullins has a wide range of possible outcomes. Uh-huh. Like it is a vast galaxy of possible. Outcomes. He could throw two first quarter interceptions and get benched right away, or he could throw for like 400 yards and three touchdowns. That is what you get with a guy who just has no conscience when it comes to throwing downfield. Like he thinks he has Dan Marino's arm and he does not. And uh, like he will just try to thread the needle into some uh, ill-advised throws sometimes. So, man, you just got to hope that he um, the guys catching his throws are more often wearing purple than Honolulu blue in this game. So I'm I'm going to cautiously say that, yes, I'm in on Nick Mullins. I like the aggression. I like that he's got Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Um, I've got him at QB 14, but in DFS, mm-hmm. why not? Why not make the wager that uh, he, he holds the interceptions down and just goes berserk in a good matchup? Well, I mean, 14 is pretty telling. So, uh, Debra, what say you? Can I raise you a 14 to a 13? Or does Pat own Nick Mullins in Week 18? Uh, I'm already there. I have him at QB 13. Oh, and no, Pat, I, might, I might push him into the top 12. <laughs> and this all comes down to, like, is there a small modicum of risk? Yes, but I'll push back against that because they have turned back to Nick Mullins after they found out very quickly that Jaron Hall should have never started. Yeah. We already have seen the Josh Dobbs show. They went away from that. I think KOC has finally said, okay, we're going to ride with Mullins this week, and he gives us the best chance to win. And dude has been YOLO, and he's been awesome for fantasy. Like, we're talking about he has averaged in his two full starts 357 passing yards, 10.3 yards per attempt, 19 points, 20 points. This matchup is fantastic. Yeah, I'm all in on Nick Mullins. Like, I don't think the Vikings bench him because we already have seen and they know what they have in the other guys, and yet they're going back to Nick Mullins. To me, that's telling that Kevin O'Connell this week is going to say, you know what, Um, maybe you throw a pick, but we're riding with you. And I know that I got flamed in all the YouTube comments whenever we recorded a show earlier and then Jaron Hall ended up getting the start for the Vikings. I said it then and I'll say it now. Jaron Hall is not the future of the Vikings, never was and never will be. All right. Bret Hart, he's like, he never is, never was, and never will be. There you go. Uh, All right. uh, Game five. A couple of people like that reference of wrestling. Uh, Game five, Jags and Titans. So there's some interesting thing. I think Kirk returned to practice. He was floating around there. We got the Lawrence stuff. But I'm going to bring us back to for our key question of this game, Incentive Gate 2.0. DeAndre Hopkins has three $250,000 incentives, gentlemen. Here is what DeAndre Hopkins needs. Seven catches, 39 yards, and two touchdowns to be $750,000 richer. Each one of those individually is worth $750,000. So how much does DeAndre Hopkins walk out with and of course, is this part of the reason that he goes off? Deeper, let's start with you. I think his pockets get lined this week, and I think it really comes down to the matchup. Um, you're looking at Jacksonville over the last few weeks have been extremely high or extremely profuse in as far as too high usage. That's been great for DeAndre Hopkins. Against too high, he has 24% target share, 2.3 yards per route run. The Jacksonville secondary has been bad. Uh, this is one of those games like, I think Tennessee can win this game. 
and we've seen Jacksonville fall apart in some pretty meaningful moments. This entire team is banged up. The defense is not great. I think Hopkins could go off here. Yeah, I'll bet on it. Pat Fitzmorris, will you buy these incentives and how much richer is DeAndre Hopkins? Um, 500K. Well, oh. he gets the receptions and the yardage. Yardage is a low bar. He'll clear that easily. I, I, yeah. I'll say he gets seven receptions or more also. Uh, not going to score two touchdowns. Okay. And do you buy that he's going to, from a fantasy perspective, this is a great week without the two touchdowns hitting those incentives. Is that going to be a big fantasy play? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like Hopkins is a a pretty reasonable wide receiver two option this week. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. I got my wide receiver 15 and I could push him higher. Um, just depending on if we get news about Chase and some of the guys that are also in that same neighborhood. We right. uh, we have not done this yet, so let's go and jump over to the Fantasy Over Under Challenge sponsored by Betting Pros, where you can go over to fantasypros.com slash challenge, and you can play today for the final week of the season. They've had week and monthly prizes, so you can get in on a, uh, on a weekly prize if this is it for you. Here is our Over Under. They have 10 picks every single week. All you do is pick Over Under. We are going to help every everybody out because we got a player out of this game travis Etienne, 13 fantasy points over or under pat i'm gonna go under it's it's been kind of a rough go for etn lately save for last week with a nice matchup against carolina that perked him up um against the titans boy we know it's tough to run on the titans sometimes i'm gonna say under Though I will tell you, Travis Etienne is fascinating in the conversation of the 2024 mockers that are going on. I've partook in one mock for 2024. And when you start to break down and look at what everybody did, and then all of a sudden you're staring at Etienne and Rashad White, and you're like, whoa, how did we get here? Etienne's in that conversation. Not the first round. He's not Kyron Williams or anything right now, but he definitely is in the Mm -hmm. higher conversation. That's a different point, of course. So, Debro, 13 fantasy points over under for the challenge. Under. Uh, I think he needs a touchdown to get there. The matchup's not great. Tennessee has been, I mean, they've been up and down as a run defense, but I think they're going to be motivated. And the bigger thing here is Jacksonville has had a bottom three offensive line the entire season. We want to talk about why ETN has fallen off. One, I think that he is dealing with uh, continuing to deal with the rib issue. Uh, That's why I think you've seen his snaps limited more down the stretch. But the other part about it is he's running behind a terrible terrible offensive line so i think he needs a touchdown to get there i don't think that he gets it because he's only scored in three of his last eight games i think recency bias is is kind of clouding people's judgment so give me the under but he did it in the championship when i needed him so that's all that matters whatever he does now my championship uh you guys can go again to fantasybros.com slash challenge if you want to have fun with that contest the boys say under I will say I'll just go with it. I'll go with under. He's not he's not playing for me anymore for my championship, so he's going to take a rest. <laughs> so because I'm not there motivating him, it's just not going to happen. So I I'm sorry to tell everybody about that. He won't be there for you. Who will be there for you is Trophy Smack. Trophy Smack is the one-stop destination for fantasy leagues this season. Elevate your league to the next level with the most unique and highest quality championship hardware in the industry. Celebrate your league's champion with thousands of fully customizable trophies, rings, belts, and a new collection of metal wall art, Wall Smack, using their, quote, so easy a child could do it design tool, which we all could use here. I don't forget to, uh, and don't forget to like, you know, humiliate the loser. That's kind of what this could all be about, which is awesome. No championship season is complete without a true loser. And that's not me this year in the league, which I'm very happy about. Trophy Smack has a growing collection of humiliating loser awards and punishments as well. So uh, found only at TrophySmack.com. Get 10% off with code PROS10. That's PROS10. Minimum $24 purchase expires the 31st of January right here in 2024. So go and check them out today at Trophy Smack. All right, let's jump in to game number six here. Jets versus Patriots. Key question. This is kind of a weird one I'm throwing to you. Brees was feeling it this week. I don't know if you guys took to the Twitters to see. And Mm -hmm. a couple players did this. I thought it was really interesting. Just with kind of statement tweets. And Brees said this. He said, quote, telling y'all now, 2024, I will be a top RB. I will be in Mm -hmm. the Pro Bowl. 
I will be an mm -hmm. all pro and it will continue mm -hmm. years after that. I see that type of motivation, Pat, and I go, is Brees about to go off this week? This feels like Brees is about to go bonkers, leading and setting that tone for the coming season. It's a tough run, D. He's going against with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I don't know if I see a 100-yard rushing day, but we know Brees can also get it done as a pass catcher. So, um, like, I don't know about this week. I'm not super enthusiastic about Brees Hall for this week. He's still got, you know, Trevor Simeon as his quarterback. So that sort of limits the touchdown uh, upside for him. Um, I'm all in for next year, though. I mean, he is one of the five most, talented running backs in the league without question um i think i am actually i've got him rb3 for next year i've actually got him ahead of kyron williams which is going to annoy some people but uh i'm about to uh we're about to publish my mock draft article a five round mock draft for 2024 Ooh. so people i will explain my Brees hall kyron williams rationale for why i've hall ranked higher so uh people can look for that on fantasypros.com d bro is Brees hall next season a top eight overall pick and half ppr oh, or higher he should be he should be uh, i i tweeted this a few days ago i think Brees goes i think he takes the the king i think i think he takes the crown from cmc and he becomes the new cmc of the league i think that he's the guy that could step up with the rushing wow. and the receiving utility assuming aaron Rodgers comes back next year which i think we're all betting on that happening Brees hall should be a top five pick easy wow. and and the jets have to improve at least like two offensive line spots too yep. like draft someone I mean, sign someone yeah which that can be yeah. a draft focus i mean you can probably get a free agent wide receiver to come in to build up the core you've got garrett to build on you've got Brees. you build up that offensive I mean, line Brees yeah. could be their wide receiver two next year even if they sign some other supporting help like he's going to get fed targets and he's going to be awesome yeah he plays it yeah he's yeah. he's definitely been it's not been CMC. It actually reminds me of like older Lev Bell with the Steelers type of years. He's such a dominant receiver. Yeah. It's, it's not so mm. much CMC, but he's ready to go off. So just take that into this next weekend. Uh, you know, there's spattering in here a little bit of what's to come for two, uh, 2024. Game seven, Falcons versus the Saints. Key question for you guys. Ankle injury looking like it's probably going to keep uh, Kamara out. Jamal Williams is up but he's ranked only 35 on fantasy pros. So deeper, let's start with you on this. Do you need to get Jamal Williams into your lineup this week? Falcons, by the way, giving up the six most rushing yards over the last month. The fantasy pros rankers don't seem to say so, but do you think that the matchup where makes Jamal Williams a must play? I don't think he's a must play. Um, I think the volume could make him a RB two, but the other, the other flip side of that coin is they're giving up rushing yards. They are not giving up rushing touchdowns, though. Yes. And with Jamal Williams, we we know that the volume will be there if Kamara is out. But I question two things with it. I question, can he get a touchdown? I don't think so. And will the efficiency be there? We haven't seen that out of Jamal Williams in the last two seasons. So I think it's more of he's probably set up for... 15 to 18 touches if Kamara is not there. So that puts him in the RB2 range. But I will have him probably ranked in the RB3 range because I don't think he gets the touchdown that he needs. Pat, is there anything else you feel on this one? I mean, like everybody's chasing. I mean, a lot of people are losing players. Like legitimately people that are sitting out there that were like, okay, let's play till week 18. And they had Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey gone. Like there's a, there's a lot of players that are out. Jamal Williams is one of those players that got vaulted into what looks like it's going to be a volumed starting role this week. And that's a big question, but maybe that excitement isn't there with you as well. No, I mean, I've got him RB20, so I think he's a pretty oh, good play yeah. this week. And, okay. uh, you know, with he had with Kamara getting knocked out last week. Jamal had a season-high 19 carries, uh, only 58 rushing yards against a good Tampa Rundy. But, um, like, Williams, he even had four receptions. And this is not a dude who is a prolific pass catcher. So I do think there's a lot of upside. And it's interesting that Debro says he doesn't think Jamal Williams can score a touchdown. Uh, a, a guy who <laughs> operate. I guess Debro was in a coma for 2022 uh, with, you know, Jamal Williams scoring, what, 17, blind, 18? <sighs> 
<laughs> I, I got to tweak you on that way. The Saints have have really hurt my heart the entire year. So maybe I it's know, just maybe it's a blind spot. But like, yeah, <laughs> and and like, I'm not even worried about the touchdown outlook. Atlanta hasn't given it up, but is that like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to call Atlanta some sort of impregnable defense down by the goal line. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, no Grady Jarrett since the end of October when he tore his ACL, and that was kind of the difference between this being a good run defense or a pretty mediocre one. So I like I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal went off this week. And that is a uh, statement for Pat there too, because like I said, 35 on Fantasy Pros consensus rank. Pat, you said 20, right? 20, yes. I love it. You can get Jamal Williams in there. I just updated ranks. I've got him at RB29. Okay, so you, I mean, you guys are both beating consensus right now. So if you're looking for a pivot, Jamal Williams has got volume and might be someone you want to pivot to. You can also go and check out our boys over at discount tire because if you need new tires for your car discount tire is your go-to they have exceptional service and you get a 30 percent shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at discounttire.com they've got this really great feature called treadwell which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance we've talked a lot about that this year as well they've got personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits discount tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country so it's got the biggest selection of tires and wheels and here's that pro tip from the experts at discount tire you can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated it's like literally it's one of those adult things it took me a long time to learn keep your tires inflated (laughs) tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and it's important to check for safety so if it's been over a month since you'd last check your tire pressure stop by one of their local stores for a free tire and safety air pressure check discount tire let's get you taken care of let's get these games taken care of as well as we go to game eight bucks and panthers I try, I try not to focus too much on like, okay, you know, here's the very tippy top of the ranks. We were kind of having this conversation off air about ranks are very goofy right now. You know, waivers are goofy. Uh, how many of you all out there are really digging into waivers? How many are you paying to who's the number one running back and wide receiver? Well, I'm not going to avoid it here because I found this really interesting. All year long, we have had um, Christian McCaffrey. Jonathan Taylor's made a little appearance. This week, we got a new number one. So I want to get your guys' take on what performance is your expectation in Rashad White, who is ranked the number one running back this week in half PPR, according to Fantasy Pros Consensus. So Derek, are you buying a big performance out of Rashad White this week? Yes, I've got him. I bounced Rashad White anywhere from like RB3 to RB1 overall. I think he's in a great conversation for the week with um, the top four guys for me would be James Conner, Saquon Barkley, and Devon Achan. And I think he's in the conversation with all those guys. Now, how you want to rank them and how you want to approach it is fine, but we know the Bucks are motivated. It's a fantastic matchup. We know that Rashad White, I will be betting the over for his carries this week, um, depending on where that line opens, because he's almost a lock for 20 plus carries for 20 to 25 opportunities. So, yes, I mean, I think the ranking is justified, especially given the week. Pat, I'm going to flip this. Obviously, you can speak on him this week. I did a mock draft on ITL with our buddy Scott Bogman. I had the wheel pick in a 12 team and I took Jonathan Taylor and Jameer Gibbs. I went running back, running back. Some oh. people gasp. Rashad White was there. And I really love Rashad White, and I love his the receiving ability, and I love the volume that they've given. Does Rashad White belong in the conversation of first round? And really, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, where did he go in yours is kind of what I'm alluding to. Like, where, where was the general space of what RB he went in yours? For me, he's early second round, and I've got Taylor and Jameer Gibbs ranked ahead of him. Um, like they're they're better players i just i i think they're better more electric players like you know i still think jonathan taylor is a phenomenal player and he should be in debro's top four he's my number one guy this week um and i know the texans run defense is pretty good but like taylor is a special player so is jameer gibbs um so like i'm okay with white in the top four this week but i've got him at rb4 behind uh, like debro behind connor and achan and I just like I can't draft him ahead of even though the usage was spectacular this year. Mm-hmm. I can't draft him ahead of like mega talented guys like Taylor, Jameer, Bijan. Um, so like I, I think he fits more into the second round of 2024 drafts. 
It, I, I agree with that. Like Running back is th- kind of robusty, bro. That was one of the things we we're talking. Well, there's actually a lot of options. Yeah. I think there's a lot of options, and I think the the closer we get to 24, like uh, the draft season, like people, are, they're going to be at least five to maybe six running backs that make it into the first round. Like I think you're talking about um, uh, Devon Achan is going to be there, Jameer Gibbs is going to be there, Bijan will be there, Brees will be there, probably Jonathan Taylor, um, and I mean that's five guys right there. So I think looking at that, Rashad White even going into this offseason, like he's had the volume, but he has not been efficient the entire season with that volume. So if we see anything happen with the Buccaneers, like we think Baker Mayfield's going to be their quarterback. We don't know that. So quarterbacks uncertain. Hell, we don't even know. Like if they don't make the playoffs, do they make a head coaching change? And if that happens, Rashad White's not a first or second round draft capital guy, but he's gotten the volume this year, but could we see a, a more split backfield next year? I think it's possible. All right, let's move over to the late afternoon slate, and we've got game nine here, Bears and Packers, Pat. Bears teammates have been rallying around Justin Fields over this last week, so there's going to be kind of a, a two-party here. Is Fields going to be going off? And DJ Moore has been kind of the forefront of this leading the pack. He also had one. He had a tweet. He had one of those tweets where he just tweeted out a gif of the Joker. And it's it's an ominous type of tweet of like, let's get this going. So I'm building a narrative here. But Justin Field, a lot of the team want Justin Fields here. DJ Moore looks like he is poking at us like something big's going to happen. The defense with the Packers has been kind of bad. Pat, what are we in store for with Justin Fields and DJ Moore this week? Oh, I think they're going to have big days. Um, mm-hmm. You said it, Welsh, like the, the Packers defense played last. They played well last week, but they were going against Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins. So yeah, um, that doesn't count. Different story. Yeah. Like the two weeks prior, they got lit up by Baker Mayfield and, and Bryce Young. So uh, like I, I feel like Fields is going to go off. He's probably going to go off rushing too. Packers have given up the fourth most rushing yards to quarterbacks and they have a very they can be very undisciplined in their pass rush and uh, like not keeping quarterbacks hemmed into the pocket when they're trying to get back there and, and get pressure. So, um, yeah, like I, I think it's going to be a big day for those guys, unfortunately. Um, by the way, let me, let me ask you guys real fast. What would you do if you were Bears GM Ryan Poles for next year? Would you keep fields and trade the number one pick for a King's ransom? Uh, or would you draft Caleb Williams and trade Fields? And and like the one thing I think a lot of people are endorsing Fields. Yeah, he's good. The Bears shouldn't trade him. But I think Fields has one more year of team control for his contract, um, twenty twenty four, and that's it. You draft Caleb Williams, you get you know four or five years where you've got him under control. So, um, what would you guys do, T bro? Man, um. I think it's a really damn good question. Um, for me, if I'm in Paul's situation, the question that you have to answer to yourself when you look in the mirror is, can Justin Fields be the franchise quarterback for the next few, like for the next six seasons? And if you cannot answer that with an emphatic yes, then you trade him. If he's not sewn in to that being the case, like if I'm Ryan Poles, I keep him because I understand all the great things about Caleb Williams and Drake May, and I understand resetting the rookie contract stuff. I'm a big proponent of Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is the damn truth. I think that people have given him so much crap over the last few years, being surrounded by a bad team, bad offensive line, no pass catchers. And even this year, it's like if DJ Moore gets banged up or goes out of a game or Cole Komet goes out of a game, who's he got to throw to? Like, what, 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 what are we talking about here? And yet, Justin Fields has produced and keeps producing and has been an ascending passer. Like, we're seeing things out of Justin Fields in this back half of the season that we have not seen previously. He's thrown with anticipation. The arm is good. The pocket presence is good. The light went on for him after week four. I think that you keep Justin Fields, and I understand all of those reasons, but drafting a rookie quarterback is still a risk as high as we want to be on Caleb Williams and Drake may and all these prospects could, I mean, would any of us be that surprised? Like 
I, I'm old enough to remember when everybody was so damn high on Bryce Young and what is how's that turned out? Yes, CJ Stroud is hit. He's been fantastic. But we cannot pretend like all of these quarterback prospects, as much as we love them every single year, are can't miss things. So I'm taking the known commodity. I believe wholeheartedly in fields. I think there's a possibility they keep fields and they take Caleb Williams and that um, it doesn't maybe help the morale build around, especially like if you're trying to build up Justin Fields, but it might offer them some flexibility to figure out what they want to do. There might still be some uh, trade equity after they were to take and keep him instead of moving that pick and they could have some trade equity in fields. It's a great question. But, you know, can you take Marvin Harrison, number one? Um, there's a couple things in with this. Just real quick, D-Bro, on the Justin Fields thing. I think there's a path where Justin Fields could be the number one quarterback this week. Part of it is maybe how, oh, you know, you know easy. yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. this guy cannot play here and this guy could stop playing here. But I legit think we could be in a, in a matchup spot where Fields is number one. Obviously, you agree. I've got him at QB2. The only quarterback that I have above him because I think he goes off this week is Dak Prescott. Um, but Justin Fields, I mean, come on, guys, like he has had 24.7 or higher fantasy points in three of his last four games. We've just talked about all the other like top quarterbacks are off the map this week. Lamar's out. Patrick Mahomes is not playing. I know he has not been a high end QB one, but Jalen Hurts, we don't know if he plays the entire game. Like all of these guys are pushed to the wayside. Fields is producing, man, and the Packers can't stop him this week. Like, I, I, I'm i sorry, Pat, but like, I think him and DJ Moore go off. This is going to be a really, really good game, but I think the Bears win it. Well, we got two uh, side things to get to. Fantasy Over Under Challenge, which is sponsored by Betting Pros. We told you about that. Jordan Love Over Under 19 mm. Fantasy Points. We're going to do some work for some people. D-Bro, let's start with you. Over Under. <sighs> sorry, Pat. I'm taking the under. Um, the, the Bears defense has been just lights out. Now, I will say this with a caveat. Jalen Johnson is banged up. I don't know if he plays in this game. That could tilt the scales on this. But right now, I'm going under. Pat, over under Jordan Love, 19 fantasy points. I got the under two. I bet the Bears on the money line this week. I, I'm oh, worried about this game, too. My man. So. my man. See, this is how we separate, like, real analysis and bias. Pat's not biased. Pat, no, Pat knows where the money's going to cash. By the way, uh, speaking of it. bets, going to jump over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. DJ Moore receptions, five and a half plus 124 right now. Over, oh, under, shit. D-Bro. <laughs> plus 124, five over, and a half, over. Over, Pat, over. Plus money over. at this? <laughs> Over, 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 plus over. 124. One of my favorites of the week right there. Plus 124. Oh. It is actually the only receiving bet that That's is uh, on receptions available currently as we're recording this. So make sure to look back and maybe make sure to jump on that right now for some plus money. Let's go over to game 10, Broncos Raiders. And Pat, we'll start with you. Is there really a Bronco that you trust this week? I kind of now maybe I'm gonna fire start this. I did this last week with the Cardinals, and I'm like, name me a Cardinal. And then James Conner absolutely went berserko. Thank you. That was all me. So maybe I'll do this to another guy. Is there a Bronco that you trust this week? And I'm obviously alluding to Javante being the only one that is actually ranked as a starter on Fantasy Pro's consensus ranks right now. There is no wide receiver inside the top 36. Javante is the only guy. Obviously, the quarterback situation is bad. So do you trust anyone? No. And I've got Javante ranked outside the top 30. He played less than 50% of the snaps last week. They're they're kind of rolling with the committee down the stretch. I mean, why beat up Javante, um, who, you know, you're going to want as your lead running back next year? So no, no Broncos. Debro, is there a Bronco named Javante Williams that you could get in? Or is there somebody sneaky that you're sitting around with? I don't trust any Broncos this week, so I'm with Pat. But uh, maybe you're different. All right. Um, I will say, do I trust him? No, in the sense that I'm not going to rank him as a top 24 back, anything like that. But is there a case to be made for Julio McLaughlin? And one of the guys that if we're talking about 2024, I think Julio goes off in 2024. Um, I think that he gets more of this backfield. I think he gets the pass down work. Uh, I love Javante, but he has not been the same player come back from the ACL. Maybe a good offseason changes that. So I think Jaleel, um, I'm going to have Jaleel ranked over Javante this week, but we're still talking about RB3s here. So I don't trust anybody really in Denver. But if I got to start one guy, it'd be him. 
All right, let's go over to uh, the Eagles and Giants. This is a tricky one, and I'll allow definitely with some of these games, you can kind of pivot in different directions you need to go. But there is a report that's out there, but there's nothing official that the Eagles are considering and trying to figure out if they want to sit their starters. But there is still something to play for. There is this scenario where starters go, you scoreboard watch, and then mid through this game, starters are out. And that is a real, real stinker that happens in the final week of the season. So, Debro, should we be worried about any Eagles um, sitting their starters overall or in-game? So I, I don't think that Devonta Smith plays this week. I think he's dealing with an ankle issue. So I think we're talking about definite guys that have not been ruled out that will sit. I think that he is going to sit this week, but this Eagles team is reeling, man. They need a strong game. They need to come out of this game and be fired up. The offense needs to actually play well, and we have not seen that. They have been a roller coaster, and it has not been a fun ride over the last few weeks. I think that this is a get right game for AJ Brown. I think that this is the game where he can have a monster, monster outing. And really we're, we're back on the good foot. The Eagles are feeling good, all that kind of good stuff for that to happen. Either they have a monster first half and they get there and they get there up comfortably or they play the entire game. I do lean that we see the Eagles guys play at least three quarters in this game regardless of what the Cowboys do, because they need it, man. Like they need a statement game to fire this team up to, to like, because two things cure all of the bad things that happen in locker rooms and, and all of the bad stuff that goes around winning and putting up a ton of points. And that, I think that happens this week. Pat, same thing with you. Do you have an overall concern that you're going to, these guys are going to get pulled, but maybe not in the third round. Maybe the second round, or the sides, I said round, uh, maybe not the third quarter, second quarter, like much earlier. Like, it's easy for us to manage if these guys get pulled before the game or if they say, hey, we're not going to start Jalen Hurts, blah, blah, blah. You know how to manage. But if it happens in game, that's a really, really tricky one. Does that make you want to sly away a little bit from any of these guys? It does in, in DFS. And I like mostly agree with Debro. I think they're probably going to play at least three quarters. And you love the matchup against Washington. I mean, what A.J. Brown could do if he gets a full four quarters against the commanders. Um, but yeah, like if they're watching the scoreboard and they see that it's Dallas 28 nothing midway through the second quarter and they have no chance to improve their lot in the playoffs to go from number five to number two, um, then, yeah, what is the point of playing A.J. Brown in the second half? So I'm shying away from those guys in dfs and you know if i'm in fantasy playing like the second leg of a two-week championship game uh, i mean you're probably still playing aj brown let's face it but um you know it, it might steer me away from guys like dallas goddard if i have better That's options fair. for instance yeah and, and i will point out there are plenty of players that one half of said player is still better than a full game of yeah, a replacement. Right. And, the, and and the Eagles have those. Like, A.J. Brown is one of those guys. He also... Well, no Devonta Smith, he could get fed in the first he half. Could. We also could see it completely disappear. Goddard could do the same thing. Yeah. Like, Goddard yeah. could have a huge monster half. So, so don't get that twisted that it's like you have to sit these players. But there's a little bit more worry. Maybe you just... Everyone needs to understand the concern. Let's go over to the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Ken Walker, and as I put, uh, handshake emoji, Cardinals' ability to stop run. So, boom, 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 those two guys. <laughs> Cardinals are giving up the second most fantasy points to running backs over the last month. Ken Walker is a little banged up, but boy, this does seem like a pretty uh, solid matchup. So, what say you, Pat? Ken Walker, are we all in this week, even with a little bit of banged upness? Yeah, I'm with you, Welsh. I've got him RB5. Um, talented, mega talented player. Terrific matchup. The only reason why I have any bit of trepidation there is, like you said, he's he's got the banged up shoulder. Um, same thing with you, Debro. Ken Walker banged up. I kind of wanted. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to make something about Charbonnet in here, but I don't know if there really is anything to pull outside of no. like the Cardinals' defense stinks. So you want to take advantage of that this week? Yeah, and Seattle's motivated to win this. Like, they need to win to get into the playoffs, at least have a chance. So I think that Ken Walker and all the reports that, that I read from the beat writers 
you know, going through the primer. We're very positive about Walker. They said that he walked out of last week's game. No, no um, more further issues with his shoulder. They're really it's load management for practice this week. I think he's going to be a full go in the sense that like he's going to get 15 to 17, 18 carries. That's probably all he needs to smash. And the other point that I want to bring up about Walker is that some of these guys, when they're playing through injuries and things like that, you see the dip in their tackle breaking metrics like Javante, all these other guys like Austin Eckler when he's coming back from the ankle issue. That has not been the case for Ken Walker since week 14 amongst 42 qualifying running backs. He is first in missed tackles force per attempt, 15th in yards to contact per attempt. So he's still being extremely elusive. So I don't think he gets 20 plus carries, but I don't think he needs it to smash this week. Yeah. And uh, I should have pulled this here. Ken Walker, uh, is fifth on the consensus ranks this week uh, among all rankers. Even you know, he's behind Etienne. I think there's a case that he could be above mm. that. I think you can make the case that Ken Walker he's might above Etienne. Yeah, he might be a top three. Etienne. He might be a top three overall back this week. Yeah. So ride those uh, those Ken Walker shares this week. Chiefs and Chargers. Uh, Debra, we'll come right back to you. I'm really laying this out to you as the hidden gems coming out of Kansas City this week, because like we've talked about with some of these, we've got some starters that are going to be sitting. Rankers are not putting in Pat Mahomes. I don't even know if that became official. So do you have any hidden gems um, with starters expected to go or not go in this Kansas City Chargers game? Two guys I want to bring up here and highlight. Uh, the first being LaMichael P. Ryan. I think that he is a candidate for 15 to 20 touches. I have him ranked as a top 24 running back because Kansas City only has three running backs on their on their roster. Pacheco is not going to play this week. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the backup. Like he's the direct backup and he is being used every single week. He's probably not going to play this week. So if both of those guys are out. Yeah, they probably elevate Daneric Prince. But we probably see uh, Michael P. Ryan get the lion's share of the work here. Like he could threaten for 75 percent of the snaps this week. And if not, I mean, what's the low end? 50 to 60 percent. So I like him because the matchup is also fantastic. We know that you can run on the Chargers. They've been a bad run defense over the last few weeks. Since week 12, they've allowed the six most rushing yards per game. And the other name that I'll bring up here, and I think that it's going to come down to because Andy Reid already talked about uh, all their starting wide receivers are sitting this week. I think we're going to see a KC starting trio of Nicole Hardman, Kadarius Tony, and Justin Ross. Kadarius Tony is still not fully healthy. He's limited in practice. That tells me all I need to know about his outlook this week. And plus, we know who Nicole Hardman is. They Kansas City knows who Nicole Hardman is. I think it's Justin Ross week, man. I think that he has a good game. Um, I'm probably going to slide him up into the wide receiver three range. Is there a lot of projection with that? Sure. But can we also say that the Bolts secondary has been bad since week 12, sixth highest PPR points per target to perimeter wide receivers. So the two guys, if you're if you're going to the waiver wire, you're looking because you have nobody to start. LaMichael Piran and Justin Ross need to make the cut. Pat, are you going to co-sign Justin Ross and uh, LaMichael Piran this week? No, because um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with their backfield. Uh, maybe like they consider Clyde Edwards Alaire expendable enough. They don't really care if they play him and, and risk injury. Um, and I, I just can't get on board with any of the KC wide receivers. I can get on board with Noah Gray, like maybe Blaine Gabbert, uh, like decides to lean on his tight end with easy throws down the middle rather than like throwing to bad receivers outside the hash marks. All right, I like that. And the all-time best just no. That was a that was no. a great drop here. <laughs> no. All right, let's go over to my uh my 49ers, the Rams versus the 49ers. No one is playing. Everyone is inactive. So, we'll do some uh quick hitters here. Pat, we'll start with you. Eli Mitchell or Mason this week? Jordan Mason. I th- I think they've already said yep. uh there've been reports that they expect Mason to get most of the rushing duties. Yeah, my, it, was uh, it was uh it's Matt Burrow Barrows Burrows uh I Barrows. think yeah, yeah. Barrow, I think he did uh say over in the Athletic that um that he expects Mason. I'm still a little bit squirrely. I mean, he knows better than I do, but I still feel like I mean, Mason has had more run than Mitchell has recently with injuries. That it would behoove them to get him going, but I have heard the expectation is Mason Debro, you co-sign uh, Mason here over Eli. Yeah, if you're picking one of the guys, I think it's Mason. And I, I honestly think they they just split the work. Like, I think Eli probably gets a few carries here. Mason probably gets the the bulk of the work. If you got to pick one, I would go with Mason. Uh, I threw this one out here because 
I, you know, no expectations with Devo, obviously, and Ayuk. So Juwan Jennings jumps up. Juwan Jennings or Demarcus Robinson really are. I mean, if I don't. Here's the only thing. I don't actually know where Robinson's going to go because he kind of. I don't think Robinson plays. Yeah, he gets lined up as the starters in here. So then if I rechange it, Derek, uh, do you think Juwan Jennings has wide receiver three upside this week? I so I think we need to go further down the depth chart for this question. I think that San Francisco is going. I think it's Ronnie Bell versus Tutu Atwell needs to be the comparison for this one. Okay, I like it. Um, I think I think Ronnie Bell uh, would be the guy that I'm going with here. And it's not that I don't like Tutu, but like it's Carson freaking wins. And like I think the other thing about it is I think the Rams could just use a, a committee approach with their wide receivers and running backs. They're already sewn up. They don't have anything to play for. So rushing any of their guys out there playing high snaps, probably not going to happen. You could say the same thing for San Francisco, but I'm not buying all of this stuff. Like, like Debo Samuel went on, on the K Adams show and was talking about, we're all in all hands on deck. Like it, the other part of that quote was he was like, well, we'll probably play and get out of there. So I don't think that we see more than like a drive or two out of like Debo and Ayuk. I would not have any confidence playing those guys, but that also does lead me to Ronnie Bell. And I think he could play like the Debo light role in this offense and be the underneath guy for Sam Darnold. He definitely, he definitely does play that. Pat, anything? Jawan Jennings, Tutu, Ronnie? Is is Willie Willie Sneed still in the 49ers, right? Could we he get is. a Willie Sneed week? No way. Uh, oh, all right, I'm I'm throwing in I with Willie Sneed. All right, Willie Sneed. I would love it. I, I wouldn't, uh, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, last last quick one. Uh, Darnold wins. Pat, uh, are you playing either one of these guys? Oh, I'm still kind of a Sam Darnold truther. I'll take him over Carson Wentz. Yeah. D-Bro, you can start the same Darnold. I'll take Darnold. Where is Darnold? Yeah, I've got Darnold as QB 14. I've got him hugged up right next to Nick Mullins in my ranks. And, I mean, we can't draw anything from the regular season performance for Sam Darnold because it's only, like, part of, like, one drive. But preseason, he looks really good in this system. So, I think if we're looking at any of the guys, like, we're talking about, if we look back at Week 18, the guy that surprised us that could get vaulted, because you brought this up earlier, uh, Welsh, was that, like, who could blow up in week 18 and then get a bridge starter contract somewhere else? Maybe it's Sam Darnold. Definitely a possibility. Uh, two more games here. Cowboys and Commanders. I threw this actually to be more of a 2024 question. I think the Cowboys are going to go at it. Um, if you have something else of note that we're missing here, please do. But Debro, is CD Lamb the number two overall player? I've seen a lot of discourse with these mocks and conversation about where is CD? Some people say he's number one overall, even over CMC. Mm-hmm. Um Tyreek Hill question comes into play. Is CD Lamb the number? T- I'm going to say the number two because I think CMC is the just unanimous number one. I really don't. I don't see the argument going against it this year. But either way, it's fine. Is CD the number one wide receiver in the land for 2024? Yes, I think that with the what we're looking at right now, he is the new. I mean, he's McCarthy's new Devonte Adams. He's getting all the volume. He's freaking amazing. Like he has had such if. If he had had that type of production, not just from week eight and Dak Prescott had played that type of level football the entire season, CeeDee Lamb would be in the same conversation as Tyreek Hill for people. He would be threatening for that 2,000 yards and breaking records and all of that kind of stuff. We could see that next season for CeeDee Lamb. Like, he is that freaking good. And there is nothing around him that is going to threaten him to get a Cooper Cup in his prime level type of target share in 2024. He is, yes, he's my wide receiver one for the next year. Pat, do you agree? I do not. And I love CD Lamb and he won me a couple of championships this year. So I don't want to besmirch him, but uh, I'm taking Tyreek Hill over CD Lamb. Sorry. Like Hill just shows mm-hmm. up week after week after week. And uh, like, I'll either have Lamb at number three overall behind McCaffrey and Tyreek or number four overall, depending on what the Vikings do at quarterback and who is paired yeah. with Justin Jefferson. Okay. Uh, if Cousins comes back, Pat, you putting Jefferson over CeeDee Lamb? I would. Okay. I, I don't push back. Like, I think this is just another conversation of that we're going to talk about all next year yep. in saying wide receiver early and heavy is the way yeah. like outside of the top running backs. Like if you got a top three pick, it's like, you know, choose your flavor of your favorite wide receiver Yeah, because of the depth also of the running backs uh, fantasy mm-hmm. over under challenge sponsored by betting pros. The final one CD lamb over under 19 fantasy points. Pat, what do you got? 
Is this for the first half or for the game? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going over. I'm going right. over. Debro? Easy over. Easy over, baby. All right. Smash it. All right, we're smashing the over. Final game. We've got Bills and Dolphins. This is Sunday, the final Sunday night football game. I threw out here James Cook or Devon Achan. That was my final question here. What side are you going to take? Pat, uh, what do you got out of this one? Oh, you know oh give it. me a chin. Yeah, there like he's so good, man. All he needs are uh, like a decent number of touches. And last week he got 18 of them, 14 carries, four catches, 137 yards and a touchdown. I like Cook too, but uh, I think the matchup is a little easier for a chin also. So, um, but if Raheem Mostert does play, I would pivot to Cook though. All right. So I let's, just... let's make that clear caveat clear just want to throw this to you d bro that um james cook is third in the consensus ranks achan is 14th in the consensus ranks so same question to you i am taking achan handily over james cook and i love james cook but this matchup is terrible i have not, i do not have james cook ranked as an rb1 this week i have him as an rb2 miami has been a shutdown run defense over the last few weeks um you could talk about what Gus Bus did, but he still wasn't efficient. This matchup is smash worthy for Devon Achan. Like he needs to be top five, top three status this week. Uh, the Bills have returned to being a terrible run defense since week 12. Uh, they are allowing the fourth highest explosive run rate, six most rushing touchdowns and seventh highest yards after contact per attempt. So I don't think that we see Raheem Mostert. He's still not practicing dealing with the ankle and the knee issue. So I, I'm projecting him to be out. And even if he were to play, it could be more of like in an, an emergency capacity. And this backfield is really just a Chan, Jeff Wilson and Chris Brooks. I love it. You can find these fine gentlemen on Twitter X. You can find Pat at Fitz underscore FF bro over at D bro underscore FFB and the primer, the crazy primer. How insane is the primer this week? D bro. Man, I, I so I pared it down, but even in a pared down fashion, we're talking about 65 players that I wrote up uh, that people need to target for DFS and stuff. And and really, the, the, the underlying score here is, yeah, if I didn't write up the player, not high on them for this week. Easy stuff. Make sure you guys also check out the premium products uh, the Fantasy Bros has got for you. You want to be hanging out with D-Bro? You want to be hanging out with Pat, your opportunity, you can do it in the Discord. You can get access to all the fantastic tools. And just make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pros, which you might be watching right now. Or on the podcast side, you can find me on Twitter at is it the Welsh. Thank you guys so much for hanging out for the final week 18 preview. You guys killed it. Congratulations to everybody. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Fantasy Pros. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 